Welcome everybody to Mutant Monday. This is episode two. Um, I'd like to welcome up Crypto Painter. Um, you guys are going to learn a lot the same as me because there's lots of things I'd like to ask. And I know Chris is really excited to ask things as well. So, so welcome to our couch on Mutant Monday. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, you made me nervous because you told me you were excited. I'm like, that's we're supposed to be more excited <laughs> than you. <laughs> uh, are you. I think you're on PST as well, aren't you? So you're a little bit earlier than us. Um, yep, it's like uh, five o'clock over here. It's totally, it's totally good. So uh, we probably run for probably sort of 45 minutes to an hour um chris and i have got some questions to ask and um we'll just take it from there so if anyone requests we won't accept you up just yet only because obviously uh we are uh, recording this and this goes up on spotify every week so now should we call you crypto painter or richard what do you prefer um, you guys can call me either or <laughs> okay all right um so Firstly, I'm fascinated about what drew you to NFTs and, and how did you find the Board Ape Yacht Club? Um, so I was actually um, just painting about crypto, taking a break after um, the movie industry. And one of my banker friends um, over at Goldman Sachs um, sent me an article about NFTs and told me that I should probably look into it. So that's how I got into NFTs. And then... Um, so I was just doing my own research, mostly on Reddit, and then it pointed me to Twitter. So I downloaded Twitter, um, never tweeted in my life. <laughs> so I got Twitter, and it, um, I, for some reason, um, I got a lot of NBA Top Shot. Um, I guess that's when it was really popular back then. So that's what I started seeing a lot on my um, Twitter feed. So, and then um, I happened to follow uh, NBA Top Shot um, Fund, and I read an article of his why he spent 250000 on the CryptoPunk. Um, I thought it was pretty crazy, so I did more uh, research into it, and then I realized I missed the boat. So I just started taking a lot of stabs at it, and at the time, I was anonymous, so I wanted a profile picture that I can identify with, and for me, um, Apes was something that I actually wanted to paint, so... I ended up started buying apes so I can paint them. So that's how it worked out for me. So it was just the, the, the artwork that caught your eye as opposed to any kind of community. Yeah, um, I um, yeah, I had no idea it was like community at all. I didn't know there's a Discord. Um, didn't even, I never even had Discord. So after I I dis, after I realized um, I kind of joined the online country club. That's what I like to tell my friends. Um, I started getting really into it and I started to really like it. And that's when they started buying more and, and then start recruiting like my friends and family. So that's the cool thing about it is it was very organic for me. I got lucky. Yeah, for sure. And and did you hit mint? Though? No, I did not. I, I believe I started buying them. I want to say three or four days after mint day. So I got most of my apes between 0.4 and um, and like 1.2, and I think when I paid the 1.2, that was like it was uh, it was a high listed price by um, 888 Vault, 
So I just liked it. So that's the reason why I bought it. I didn't know, at the time, I didn't know anything that was rare or anything like that. No clue. And so you, you, you got your ape, and then you, you mentioned about staying anonymous. That was important to you at the time. Yes, because that was at the time. Um, that's when I um, had a couple of paintings about the SEC and um, like not so good paintings. So um, I wanted to kind of stay anonymous just in case, like, uh, you know, they turn my website off or something like that. Oh, okay. And then, so how long was it before you then decided, actually, do you know, I do do want to tell everybody who I am? Because um, I started painting about all these apes and, and the metaverse, and that was fun, along with other crypto blockchain stuff. And then um, I noticed a lot of people started liking my art, but it was more of like the conversation was like, who is he? Is like, is he, he's like clearly from somewhere from Hollywood. You can tell by his style. And like, it kind of like hindered. I just wanted the people to look at my art and just appreciate it, not like talk about who was behind it. So um, it was something I kind of uh, battled back and forth. And then um, this guy Manash, who is a who is a who's a graffiti artist, um, who's actually friends with Banksy. He actually gave me advice saying that um, you know Banksy regrets being anonymous. So he's like, you shouldn't either. So then I just you know eventually just revealed myself. And then, then was obviously when you pressed that button, you knew obviously it was going to have an effect. Did it have an effect instantly as you were on obviously Twitter and Discord? Yeah, it was. I it, I think like when I revealed myself and and um, and then Top Sean Fun did actually like an article about me. That's when um, things actually really started taking off for me because everyone was like, "I knew it. I knew you were like someone from Hollywood," you know, and then. I guess like my resume is is pretty pretty cool. So just like it was like instant um, stamp of approval, which is something I didn't want. That's another reason why I was kind of anonymous in the beginning. Um, I wanted to, I I don't want people to know or buy my art just because of my film film history. And I went through the struggles as just like anyone else out there who has talent, but like you know it's marketing or whatever, and people don't know you so. For me, um, I was fortunate, and that's why I think um, people just keep going and have fun. But it's hard. Did it obviously going back obviously almost before NFTs? Did did it get you uh, take you a long time to get to kind of being involved in film? Oh yes. So um, um, so I went to art school, graduated twenty two, and then I went to a video game company for a couple years, and um, under at Midway Games. And I, I learned under uh, Stefan Martinier, who's uh, one of like my, I guess, heroes growing up. So that was a very cool thing. But then I always wanted to go into film just because, you know, I wouldn't want to say it. But for me back then, I always thought that video games was more like AAA baseball and the film industry was the major league baseball. So, you know, like I wanted to, you know, be around the best and learn from the best and, you know, compete. So it was, it was fun. Um, I mean, it was 15 years of my life in film and over 30, 30 movies and TV shows and countless uh, sleepless nights for sure. And I guess I'm, I'm trying to avoid, I have some sort of questions, that, but a lot of them obviously are like a very generic, but in terms of obviously 
things that you enjoyed working on what what was kind of one of the most unusual projects you've ever worked on the most unusual project that I ever worked on um is that, I mean there's I mean every project somehow has a unique situation when it comes to film just because it never goes smooth something always goes wrong at least one thing goes wrong so every thing has a unique thing but um a story I've really shared is uh, I think when I was first starting off, I think I was maybe fourth or fifth year into films, and I don't do well with blood. I really don't do well with blood, so I always try to avoid working on movies that are very gory or scary or whatnot. And um, I, and um, my friend was working on Nightmare on Elm Street, so you know they wanted this nasty, uh, basically painting of a, a dead you know like burned up body so uh, they sent me you know all these reference pictures to you know obviously take a look at and study to paint it and uh i had to get a pep talk from the producer um i think i threw up twice it was it was a oh wow yeah it was one of those like yeah i really can't paint it like i i can't do this like i don't like blood and it was more like come on you can do it and then came to this kind of pat me up i threw up and then I, I did my best. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine. I used to. I used to be terrified of needles, and it's when everyone says, "Oh, don't do this, don't do that," and it kind of it just it just makes it worse, doesn't it? When everyone says, "Oh, you know, just get on with it." <laughs> right. Yeah. There's there's a lot of unique situations. It's like everyone's been through the. Uh, we don't sleep. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a hard hard industry if you think about it because we're on the deadline business and. We can't miss the deadlines and everybody's creative. So they want, you know, their input. They want their best art out there. So it's, it's a very uh, unique situation where at the end, we're still striving for that final goal of making the coolest, best film visually out there. Yeah. So, so then obviously, as you say, you're obviously kind of having to kind of report work with other people. Do you enjoy working on your own, having your own goals? Um, it depends. So I'm going to be very honest, like um, super, there's, there's awesome supervisors out there and there's terrible ones. And there's some supervisor out there that it is Hollywood. So, um, I mean, hopefully no one down there is listening, but, um, you know, there are some pretty, <laughs> there's some. There's some supervisors out there that shouldn't be in that position. Be just, you know, they have a friend or a childhood friend that's a someone. So, you know, they're in that position. And sometimes those um, situations make it really tough because they're inexperienced or, you know, they want to feel like they know something even though they don't. And that, you know, makes a project usually go sideways. And that's where we start looking bad. And that's, you know, that hinders us a lot. So then, the, do you now get? I mean, obviously, with regards to uh, the apes, do you now get commissions? Do you get people ask you to do commissions? No, for I, them? I don't do any commissions. I just paint apes because for me, I was painting my own apes and my own me bits, and I, you know, didn't want people to think like, "Man, this guy is just cocky," or he's, you know, painting a bunch of self-portraits about himself. So I wanted to incorporate the whole metaverse. So. And for me, um, being from Hollywood, I just copied the Hollywood motto, which is when you get paid for doing your service or you get paid for having your talent or you get paid for owning the intellectual property. So in this case, anyone who owns the profile picture or their NFT, to me, you own the IP. So if I use it and if I make profit off of it, then I will 
give you, you know, your share of it. So that's the way I you know, do it for myself, just to be safe. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few, well, I say a few, I've probably seen hundreds of derivatives over kind of period of time. But I mentioned in about Hollywood, I still haven't seen the kind of, like we have the ape council picture, like a Hollywood letters with all the apes dotted around it. That would actually be very, very cool. Yeah, that'd be very cool. That'd be fun. Maybe I can persuade a few apes to persuade you to put them all around Hollywood. Mind you, then again, some of our apes, as we know, they'd be like very, like they have their own ego. Some of them, they'd be wanting to be at the front by the H. Yeah, like I, I strongly believe, um, you know, like ever since, because um, working in Hollywood, we work on cool, you know, projects and we work on projects that aren't so cool. And it's really hard to get a cool IP out there. Like <clears throat> imagine all the the companies and all the studios that they spent all this much money on thinking that it's, it's a great next IP, but they've always flopped and that percentage of flopping is way bigger than the more success. So that's why you start seeing all these Fast and Furious, you know, number 40 and number 45, cause like, you know, they know it works. It's really hard to find that next awesome IP. And I strongly believe that, you know, like at apes or me bits or whatever, there's, there's in, I want to see in the next five years, you'll start seeing some of them become actual like celebrities or be a character or a mascot or something like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I know that we've got um, one of the guys, Brian, you may may or not know, he's obviously going to be doing the opening throw at the Dodgers game dressed as his age. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. See, that's awesome. So he wants to get... Um, uh, obviously them to kind of almost like adopt the ape as like their kind of mascot as well so um, yeah I'm hoping to get him on the next few weeks I know he's got so much craziness going on with the Dodgers kind of all the publicity surrounding that but I think that's as well a lot of people don't realise they think they've got a digital asset which obviously they have and it's an NFT but I still don't think unless you come from a sales background or marketing a lot of people haven't realised the level of IP that they actually own in, in terms of, you know, how they package that as as their personality or on a product. Yeah, the it's it's basically the easiest way to explain it is um, if you if your character is is done right, you can you know be the next Mickey Mouse or something. It's it can be really big because if we think if we're right and this is going where we think it's going, then these apes in five years won't be attainable to anyone out there. It'd be, you know, like it's kind of like buying a little company. So, you know, I believe these apes will start monetizing and start making their own clothing line or their own toy line or their own, you know, whatever. And then, you know, the kids can buy it and they can be part of that family or that, you know, ecosystem or that world, depending on, you know, whoever they, the kids want to, you know, relate to. It's kind of like, um, like uh, Top Shot Wiki, um, I see what she's doing with her ape, and it's really cool because she's building up that character. And you know, like we speak sometimes, and I told her, um, you know, she can gain a bunch of the, all the all the little girls out there because these little girls they don't know what apes are, but by the time they realize it, it's, it's too expensive for them, so they can start buying her toys or her little jewelry line or whatever she wanted to do. So I think that's cool, and I think that's going to keep happening for for a while. 
yeah, I think that's definitely something that it will be of no surprise to sort of some of us to see probably sometime mid-summer next year we'll see at least one one of the apes in a plushy toy um, or maybe even several of them if they end up featuring in some kind of film. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to actually um, think about opening up a gallery next year. And um, we're thinking about making this big uh, porcelain of my of my ape, like four feet in the middle of it. So we're trying to figure that out. So I just see, I know a lot of people will be doing their own thing. And that's what's going to be very cool about this is that it's up to us. It's not up to the corporation anymore. And we're not pushed onto whatever we want. No. And, and and again, everyone, so obviously Jenkins as well, just been signed up with uh, CAA as well. Another momentous part of the BAYC history. Right. It's amazing. And the ape that you've got now, how did how did, did you, when you got that on uh, secondary? Yes. Was it something, is like, has he got one of your favorite traits? So, so the, the first one I bought was something that looked more like me, which was kind of like a, like a, a faux hawk. And then, but he was really boring. So I wanted to buy another one. So I went opposite and I bought one um, that is like a, a prison jumpsuit. The one that probably Robert is wearing right there. He's an audience. And then, um, but then I wanted one that looked like a crazy artist because that's when I decided I'm going to hide behind this crazy ape artist. So then I looked, I started looking for basically one that looked very messy and very crazy. And that's, I ended up getting this guy as my guy. And yeah, it was pretty rare. So it worked out. And, and have you given him a name? No, it's just Crypto Painter. <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm just curious. It's like the more I see people with their apes and and obviously their mutants as well, and and obviously now we have this this new raft of people come on board with their mutants, and they often seem surprised because more often than not, obviously Mutant Monday, I I put the post out and then they will show me their amazing mutants and I say, oh, if they got a name, and it just goes <laughs> silent while I think about it, and it sometimes is like ten minutes later and they'll go, uh, no, not yet. But that shows me how early we are. They're not thinking of it in terms of any kind of uh, attachment. They're thinking of it as something digital that they can just flip for money. Oh, yeah. Like um, I, I was on Twitter and um, holder, holder of Bags, He's uh, he commented on one of my paintings when I had uh, basically like a, a raving camel kebab you know, barbecue with a bunch of apes around the, the, the bonfire. And he said, uh, you know, he said he's the camel hunter. He named his uh, ape the camel hunter. So I, that's when I DM'd him and said, hey, can I borrow your blue ape? I'll, I'll pay you, you know, if I sell it or whatever. So that's how I ended up doing that camel hunter painting. And that's when uh, people or other apes started saying, like, oh, my God, like, it was pretty cool, like, to actually see the body of an ape. <laughs> <laughs> and have you, have you used any serum on yours yet? I'm sorry, what was that? Have you used any serum on yours um, yet? Yes, I've actually used serums in all of mine, and I've bought extra M2s to use. Like, I, I mutant up every, all of them. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> wait. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough decision, especially, like, um, I think you either, most people just kind of went straight in for it. I didn't really think about the monetary value of what I was doing until kind of after the event. Yeah, like... So what's your favorite on your on your music? Um, my favorite is actually it's, it's no longer mine. Um, 
So basically, I the first one I did, I, I posted. I was super excited, so I posted on Instagram. And my friend who wanted to become an ape, but he you know didn't want to, he didn't want he didn't he his budget was ten thousand dollars because he didn't believe in the profile picture thing. So he wanted to buy an ape. He couldn't afford an ape, so he tried to convince me to sell my mutant for ten grand to him. So I was like, no way. And so <laughs> so he ended up spending forty five thousand for his mutant that he took from me. And now he loves it. Like he has it everywhere on this on his watch. Like he he's really into it now. Where he's super excited. And now he's converting his friends into it. And now a bunch of them are buying means. So it's just pretty cool to experience a journey with everyone. Yeah, and and obviously that's with friends. Have, have you got family involved? Oh yeah, I got or, my. Or do they not know what to make? Oh yeah, of it? so my cousin. Um, I actually I actually bought him one. Because I bought him with a lab coat because he's a dentist. So I did that for him. And now he's like super like he, he thought he thought I was crazy. But now he, you know, he's like, why don't you buy me three? <laughs> <laughs> that was like it will, he went very quickly, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, now, yep, now he has NFT bugs. So he buys he, he has this new thing where he, he buys in twos or threes or more. Like there's never buy one. Like that's his thing. Because now he understands like if he sells his ape. You know, it's it's a it's a bittersweet moment, and he wants to be you know like it's kind of like you're putting a price on your friends, right? On on your identity and your friends, so it's kind of a tough situation, especially when you're down to your last ape. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. I, I obviously yeah, I was lucky enough to get in and get a, a, a an old goat ape before I got the mutants, but um, yeah, somebody said to me, oh, you that's one of the things you should learn is to always buy two of something because then you never get that situation exactly it's tough though because sometimes as you say when you're starting out you don't always think oh i must buy two or three of those you kind of tap it um, dipping your toe in it's hard but if you if you buy three and you know they're like cool cats or whatever then you're looking pretty <laughs> yeah, I, 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 there's always that kind. Of, have you got any regrets about any projects that you that you've missed um, out on since you've been? Involved? You know, I, I'm. I think I'm in this weird. I would say weird, fortunate position where um, the NFT community has been great to me, and they've always um, looked out, and they've always, um, you know, wanted their their IP to be used so they can make money as well. So I kind of have my own little way of knowing if the project is going to kind of make it or not. Because I can tell by the enthusiasm of, hey, like, pay my cool cat, pay my cool cat. Or, like, if, like, like no like no one's asked me to ever paint a Yeti. So, like, I know, okay, <laughs> I'm, I know Yetis aren't going to make it because no one's ever asked me to paint one. Like, um, so, like, cool cats, I knew cool cats was going to blow up because I, I was getting a lot of cool cat requests. So they're like, hey, why don't you, you know, pull, put a cool cat, you know, in your ape painting? So, like, that's when I knew, okay, something's building here. So that's how I have my own little way of knowing, I guess. Like pickles. Like, no, no one's ever asked me to paint a pickle. So, yeah. I don't think anyone <laughs> will with the pickles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and actually, having said that, I mean, it is possible as we hit certain milestones and things like Halloween with mutants and then Christmas NFTs presents to people. This is how people are judged, obviously how popular they are. If someone sends you obviously a Yeti or a pickle as a Christmas present, 
then you know they're not probably not really a friend. They're just trying to empty their wallet. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah. People send me a lot of junk. No one send me a Yeti. Um, yeah, I just please don't. <laughs> that means you must be a good friend. That they don't like you like that much. That they kind of obviously you end up with a Yeti in your wallet. But I think we we've all got kind of those kind of projects where uh, we kind of have that knowledge where we think, oh, they're not going to kind of necessarily do well. But then there's also coming up to Christmas as well. You might see some of those projects that obviously change things around internally. They bring out new things, and all of a sudden at Christmas you're you're painting all the kind of what we would call the throwbacks from earlier in the year. Yeah, because um, I'm I'm basically painting about like. I guess our lives, our 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 online lives, and um, the meetings is actually really cool because Halloween's coming up and kind of winter's coming up. So, um, for for me, when I first uh, used the M2 syrup on my original ape, um, ended up looking like a White Walker. So, I had a tweet and I worked on Game of Thrones, so I um, had winters coming, like with uh, with with our apes. So. A lot of people assume that I'm gonna do uh, a Game of Thrones themed White Walker painting with with means. Yeah. So, I, don't know, I just want to have fun. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think especially even now we're so many weeks on from when the mutants came first came out, and then um, that's the other thing I was gonna ask you: when Mutant Drop came, were were you prepared for what was coming on that night? No, I wasn't. Um, I it was the, the the four was. I think that's the day when I raised the four. I I raised my thing like three times before I ended up delisting it because the four was going insane. Right, it was going like from forty to sixty in like a couple of days. Yeah, and it was a great feeling. But um, I knew I wanted whatever they're going to airdrop the means or the serums. We didn't know the time with serums, but like. I, w- I knew I wanted it, and if I someone sniped my you know, second-to-last ape, then I would only end up with one or whatever they're giving. So it got a little greedy. So I ended up with a couple, and I, I bought more mutants. So, yeah, kind of worked out. And so when you open that page up, and all of a sudden, obviously, you know, we're checking to see what serums we got, and all of a sudden there's a, there's a mint button. Yeah, it's it was cool because I minted the M1 and the M2 on my white one and the M2, so I did the first one M2. It looked amazing because it looks like a white walker. But then the same one with the M1, he looks more like a little Pepto-Bismol-ish. And, and it kind of, I was like, oh man. <laughs> I shouldn't have used it. Yeah, I learned. Yeah, it's difficult. I say, oh, I've sold one, the one that I kind of didn't, didn't res- resonate with, which left me free to get some cooler traits as well. But um, it seems to me from, from everyone I've spoken to so far, nobody had any idea that there was going to be these extra thousands of mutants suddenly appear like a whole new community within the community. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because uh, it, it brought a cheaper entry point to people. And hopefully, like, this kind of happens again later. So there's more people come in. But I just, yeah, it's... I just don't see this ever happening over and over and over. So the kids 20 years later, like they're going to end up like, you know, wearing your shirt, Vicky, you know, your mutant shirt and you'll be, you'll be having a little, you'll have like a little product line. 
it, I have no idea how it's all going to evolve. I have, like many other people I know within the community, we all have various ideas and aspirations and also dreams about how some of our, they're going to become characters in different ways, shapes or form. And I think that's kind of the, the more exciting bit. It's the where you could go with it, not where it's going to end up. The sitting down with a blank piece of paper and say, do I want a, I don't know, a coffee line? Do I want to have sculptures in every art, you know, like you say, in galleries, where do I want to kind of leave the legacy of, of obviously the NFT? Yeah, um, you just have to think of it just as this is your baby. You have to protect it. Um, people are going to eventually try to rip it off. Um, I guess Twitter is going to maybe verify the profile pictures for us. That'd be cool if, if that's even possible. That'd be amazing. Because now you can see the fraudsters and, and whatnot. And um, isn't that what blockchain is all about? It's to take out the dishonest you know, fraudsters. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, that'd be, that I've always said is like with the profile pictures, it's a tricky one when you have so many projects that you support and you, you love that you can only kind of share one at a time. If we had a carousel, that'd be really cool where it revolves around like a cube or whatever. And it kind of every few seconds, you can see the projects that we all love. Right. But this the gallery that you were talking about, is that going to be in relation to apes? Um, so lots of different artwork. No. So um, the gallery is going to be strictly just my like hangout spot that I'm envisioning more like a man cave, kind of like a lounge. And I'll probably give access to apes like once in a while and then if and then obviously the collectors they'll have access to it so it's kind of more like a hangout spot in LA and then um, I am going to have an exhibit um, actually I'm not allowed to mention it sorry <laughs> but yeah but yeah I'm gonna have it uh, there's gonna be two exhibits um, one with an auction house and one with um, a museum and those are both going to be my eight paintings so it'll be it'll be both called being bored and yeah it's just for it's just for a regular because i'm trying i'm basically trying to break down that traditional wall and try to get digital art accepted i know it's where we're on the path to it but they move slow they move really really slow so yeah that's what i'm working on is i'm trying to break down that barrier I think things will change and I think it will be like obviously you've seen how quickly things move within the kind of uh, Twitter sphere and obviously Discord is like, you know, you miss out on a day, you kind of miss out on almost like a month. Somebody actually said to me within the community, they took the weekend off and he messaged me and said, he actually said, could you get me up to speed? And I went, sure, you've got five hours. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's like, um, so like right now um, with the exhibit, um, I'm trying to think of what I'm allowed to say. Um, so basically, I'm trying to get into a museum, and um, it's pretty much a done deal. It's just that you have to get approved by the endowment. Um, you have to get approved by the board. You have to get approved by this. And then um, they're booked out till you know, 2023, um, early 2023. That's how museums work. So they're very, very slow, like extremely slow. Um, yeah. And they're more like, hey, we need to meet, not like over Zoom. So they're, you know, it's, it's, it's the old traditional world. And um, that's what I'm trying to like 
like I had a very hard time just explaining to them that everything that will be displayed in the museum um, will have QR codes and people can buy it on the spot right there. And they were like, well, well, we don't, you know, like, well, they just, it was so hard for them to wrap their head around that. Like, I don't get it. Like, what do you mean? Like, how can someone just walk in and buy it without us? Because, you know, they care about making their, their 30%. So, I'm like, no, that's that's not how it works. In blockchain, it's a QR code. You can just literally buy it if you have, you know, Ethereum. And um, it was very hard, like, I explained to what a MetaMask was. So it's just, it's just educating and then getting them to get comfortable and then having them open up. So it's, it's been a long process for me to get this, but, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep trying. I think the thing is, as well, it's a bit like kind of the reverse onboarding where you you don't get those people on, but you get their children on, or or in some cases in in that world, their grandchildren. Right. And, so, that, and once they're going to them, just like Snapchat and Instagram used to be. Right. So, like I was, so they were, you know, they're looking for a two month window, but that's how usually how long the exhibit goes for that museum. But I told them, hey, you know, we're from the NFT world. Um, two months is a long time for us, so you know, even a month is fine. I don't need a big window. And we're a younger crowd, we're more cooler, or we're more forward thinking. Because, like, you know, like they have dress codes there, right, for the opening night, because they're old and bougie like that. It's, that's that, there's, that's their world. <laughs> and I'm just trying to change that where, where they think it's cute, what we're doing is cute. And I want to show them that what we're doing is actually real. It's it's them understanding that like this is way bigger. What we're going through, this digital movement and revolution. That I, because I'm old enough to know what it was like before internet, and obviously internet comes along and people start dating via the internet and people start buying cars via the internet. I can already see the power of what we're all being given, and as you say, not all of us realize the power of what we have and how we can kind of shape the future yeah we're we're all building this web 3.0 together and you know we're building it in a more decentralized fair way for you know for civilization so we're trying to get the status quo out right like the banks or like for example these you know institutions that are actually like all these museums they're all they all have endowments that are controlled by you know whatever institution backs them so like yeah, it's just it's a different world that I want to just unite, and hopefully um, it'd be cool where museums are you know half digital. That'd be amazing, and that's kind of like what I'm striving for. Because yeah, of course, museums generally they're displaying the past, and you're trying to get them to display the future. Yeah, so like they they understand like um, so for me. When you look back at the old traditional masters like uh, Rembrandt or someone like that, Leonardo, all they did was, you know, Sar- Sargent, they just painted their own biblical times or their own daily life. They didn't think they were painting the future. They just painted what, you know, they were just recording history visually. And that's the, that's how I kind of feel. And that's how I feel like what I'm doing is I'm, I'm basically recording what we're going through visually. So then, you know, hopefully, you know, in 500 years, 1,000 years, you know, they look at me and they're like, oh, this guy actually painted history. And that's what I'm going for. It's kind of like um, in the beginning, I started painting with the metaverse and crypto. Um, a lot of my art friends, they, uh, they either they thought I was working on the next Planet of the Apes 
or um, they thought I was working on just, you know, they, they thought, you know, I just did too much drugs and I lost it. And they're like, it looks amazing, but like, we don't get it. And slowly those friends are slowly now understanding, hey, I've seen that on TV or on the New York Times or whatever. So like, they're kind of getting it now. And I always just tell them like, if you don't understand now, you'll understand in five years. Yeah. If you if you had a blank check and you could choose any ape, what would you choose? Ah, uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> honestly, if if I had to pick, I I would paint. I would probably, it's, it's probably what I want to paint. So I would want to paint an ape that has a laser eyes because I have an idea for it that I think would be pretty comical. So yeah, probably laser eyes. I never know. I can say isn't it? They're one about to end bidding soon as well. Uh, Christie. Oh yeah, it's gonna hopefully it goes for a lot. I mean that's what we're all rooting for, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, gonna gonna be a very dramatic end. I'm sure there's there's more than one person. I know some of the apes were bidding on it and have been outbid today, so it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting ride in the next kind of I think ten o'clock. So it's got a bit of time yet, but um. It won't take up too much time because I know Chris has some things he wants to ask you as well. So he's been sitting patiently there with his questions. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really nice to meet you. Um, nice meeting you. First of all, yeah, first of all, I just want to um, say I'm a huge fan of your work, especially the, I think it was the fresh camel meats piece. Which... Yeah, the camel hunter, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that might have been a lot of people's intro to your work, maybe, um, who didn't know you previous to that. But to me, I, th- I think that's probably my favourite ape-based piece. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I, on the net. And if you haven't seen that, please, please go and check that out. Um, and, yeah, my, it's, you touched on it right at the start with them um, and had a great little anecdote there with about Banksy and uh being anonymous what led you to want to start being anonymous and then you know be okay with then you know shedding that anonymity yeah I want to be anonymous because I, I I wanted to paint about crypto you know no, no like like uh, bad things about the SEC, and just I just wanted to paint, paint whatever I want, and that's why I still don't do any commissions. And you know, doing that um, was fun, but then I wanted to, I wanted people to care about my art and only speak about my art, not 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 like not like Banksy, where like you're curious who they are. It's massive attack, but you're like, oh, who is it? Right? It's it's, it's fun, and it kind of takes away from the art. So I didn't want that, and then with. Manash giving me the advice from Banksy, you know, I got to respect that. And then another one they actually told me was they know that I have, you know, aspirations to be, you know, later on to be one of maybe considered to be a digital master and be in one of those big museums at like the Louvre one day. And if I'm anonymous, it's very hard to do that. And that's, that's like a big, you know, what if for Banksy, like, um, is he going to be carried in the Louvre? Because, you know, they don't know who he is. And that's, you know, that's kind of like a, a thing. It's actually a real thing. So I didn't want to ever be in that situation as well. Like, if I'm going to work hard and be in a museum, then I don't want anything to hinder that. 
Yeah, um, it's, it's strange because I've been working with a few projects and speaking to devs and, you know, people that have been on the back end of a lot of these PFP projects, I've kind of recommended that maybe, you know, being the face of it, being out there, um, putting the face to the name or the, or the, or your profile picture mm-hmm. might stand you in good stead. And there's been a few that have done that, but from obviously, obviously from an artist point of view, it's really different. Um, and I remember seeing, uh, was it your interview with, um, Benjamin, wasn't it? Yes, that was it. And the first time I put a face to the name, you're kind of like, right, okay. And there's only probably I can count on one hand the amount uh, the apes that I can I can kind of visualise. And for me personally, be, being a people person, that I don't know, I feel like I've got an extra connection there. So would you recommend to other artists who are maybe thinking about it to to consider? Yes, yes. Yeah. So 100%. So that's a great um, topic. For me, um, I'll tell you this, um, the exhibit that I'm going to have in the museum in 2023 about apes, if I was anonymous, I wouldn't have been able to get in just because I would, you know, you have to be part of the opening reception. You have to do this. You have to do marketing. You have to do all this stuff. So, you know, if you're anonymous um, and you're starting out, especially, and you're trying to land that first uh, exhibit in the museum, it's going to be really tough because they actually... You know, they're old. They're in that traditional old sense. They they background check you for everything. They want to make sure that, um, you know, you're not going to harm their endowment, their foundation. Yeah, and that's brilliant. I can just picture, you know, going into a museum, speaking to a load of old, you know, Billingdon boys, or like you said, you know, bougie, stuck in their ways and, that you know someone can go in and buy it and i was not in a gallery not that long ago where a qr code would have been great because i really wanted this piece and it wasn't that big and they said no you've got to go away email us do a load of you know yeah or you gotta you gotta pay through a credit card (laughs) yeah you have to pay through a credit card it's very archaic and that's kind of like what i'm trying to change so this exhibit will be their their first attempt at it and hopefully it goes great so they can um adapt it and you know look for more nft artists out there and treat them as if they're a true you know traditional artist yeah exactly brilliant um the only other thing i wanted to ask really was um to do with your uh, commission for i know it's not i don't think it's royalties forgive me if i'm wrong but giving back to your collectors or the owners of the apes that you paint with, how does right. that structure work? So the way it works for me is um, I want to use other people's IP. So coming from Hollywood, um, you know, I'm using example like Tom Cruise, um, you know, Paramount or Tom Cruise's people, they don't just let him lend them out and you know, let them use it free. Like he's going to get paid like a hundred times for it. So, for me, that's the way. That's the world I come from. So if I'm going to use your IP, because you own the IP, then I'm going to pay you a licensing deal. And the way my licensing deal licensing deal works is, I'll pay you twenty percent of whatever I make. So I probably paid out over close to fifty ETH so far to to people that I've used. And then the way I also um, put in or inc- incorporate the IPs is I I put in my collectors' collections. So 
um, I just go down my collector's list that I haven't painted and I just start just going down that thing and then I just yeah you'll get an email from me saying hey um, you know is it okay you know, how offensive can I go you know do you care if there's drugs in it and then you know they'll give me the okay and then they have no clue what I'm painting and it's kind of like a big surprise so far they've liked it that is so cool no, no controversy I, I absolutely love that and um, just finally I'm going to ask this to everybody if you had to give up everything in your wallet all the nfts you own and only hold one what one would it be and why it would probably be my my pfp just because he's my forever ape um i've i have a, a graffiti of him in brooklyn next to a top shot fund so like i'm pretty attached to it um i have him on i have stickers of him all over la like, so yeah i like him a lot He's he's me in in the metaverse. I love that. What about you, Chris? Which one would you keep? You know, V friends. (laughs) 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 I don't want to. I don't want to bang on, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, V. Bet is on Gary. I bet on people. Hey, Gary. Gary's doing so much for his community that like. He's, you know, like everyone knows his name, but he's, I mean, I don't know any V friends, but he's underappreciated because he's onboarding regular people. Like, like, uh, like it's, trust me, I'm out of, I think the 55 people or so that has collected my art. Um, and I know it's not cheap. You know, I, I really appreciate every single one of them. And I want to say half of them are people that I know in real life. And for them to learn about this get a metamask you know like it it's it's a pain in the butt but it's it's worth it and just onboarding just onboarding someone that doesn't really know about nft it's just it feels more rewarding than someone that's already in it because we're just trying to onboard as much people as we can and you know get the masses to come in this this is it and this is what i've been trying to do since i you know you get to a level don't you where you think you can maybe help someone and articulate it and you know help them be competent in the right way and teach them about security and you know all the things that they should have in place first before they start buying but like you said gary for me like he had 160 odd thousand people in that v friends discord i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and a lot of the liquidity and wallets that are active i think is is down to him and then he did it again with the book launch so yeah there's a, there's, a, there's a lot down to him and I think we've all got a bit of a duty to push towards mass adoption. Yeah, like um, I'll tell you guys a funny story. So one of my friends actually bought two copies of one of my paintings and he sent it to his brother-in-law. So his brother-in-law received this big crate and he opened it up, loved it. And then um, they had like maybe a month later, they had a dinner party. And my friend went over and told them, hey, you know, that paint's fake. And what he, you know, his brother-in-law is like, what do you mean it's fake? It's like, I, I see it. It's on the wall right here. It's like, no, no, it's fake. You don't own the NFT. You just have a print. So he explained it, and that's how he ended up buying an NFT. So it's funny how, so basically my friend bought to knowing that his, his brother-in-law would be pissed off that it's fake, and he wanted the real one. So he ended up flipping it to him. And that's, what, that's what really happened. And that's how... <laughs> You know, that's how people in real life get on board sometimes. You know, they you have to tell them that you kind of have to, like, if you show them on your phone, 
that's you know they'll just be I can screenshot or whatever they kind of don't understand but when it's hanging on their wall and you tell them it's fake that's when it gets really real real fast and they want to learn everything about the metamask wallet how do i get this to become real like it, it starts they start learning really fast yeah i think it's definitely gary has has onboarded a lot of people and he say that kind of uh save save the image on your phone thing we're going to see see and hear a lot more of but again bit by bit we'll all be introducing people and that's when we know when obviously people are obviously we're getting daily messages from people how to onboard them and their family yes we're we're so early we're so early like um it's ridiculously early and would you have done anything different in your journey is there anything you look back or, or are you not that kind of person where you have any kind of like FOMO or regrets no I don't have any FOMO or regrets um I'm just you know just just really you know happy that I, I discovered this at a pretty early on spot and and I'm just you know just riding that history wave where I, I just want to record what what's what's going on for the generations later you know that that they can they all understand what we went through and you know um like they all like the, it's like I tell my friends that are not into blockchain and into crypto and I tell them how everything will be tokenized automated and like uh, my friends that have kids that are like five years old if if you really think about it in 10 years um their kids are going to be driving right um there's a good chance they might never drive actually right like there's a good chance there's for a hundred percent chance that their kids won't drive so there's going to be that one weird day where your kids or your nephews or nieces are going to look at you like you're crazy and be like, what you drive, you know how to drive a car or what you drink and drive. Like it's going to be a weird thing like that for most people. And for us, I feel like we're in that select, very small select group where we can identify that. And we're trying to build that out in a more fair way as possible. I think I think not having to drive is definitely certainly obviously probably where you live a lot lot easier and certainly in Florida obviously people having self driving cars would definitely be a lot easier here. Oh yes. But I do know somebody that I was in several conversations where people have been talking about um, uh, minting their children's art as well, so that obviously when their child gets older, there will always be a permanent record of that artwork. Like oh, that's totally true. Cause um, like a lot of the collectors that collect my paintings, um, I'm fortunate to you know be able to look through their wallets just because I want to paint their stuff, and also reward them for you know buying my art. And when I look at their wallets, um, some of them are I would say whales, where they own forty apes. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that a lot of people are realizing that obviously that it's almost like a legacy and an inheritance where you can either pass down the the, the money or you or you can pass down the, the the digital asset so it will go to generation to generation. Yeah, right. So like um like this is like a weird conversation where as an artist 
like I still don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I think every artist out there that has been selling on NF- through NFTs will also do it where um like right now there's secondary sales and there's royalties involved. So it you know, I get paid out every month. Now the cool thing that I realized with friends is that uh, when I'm long dead and there's still secondary sales, like my you know, my kids or my, you know, godsons, whoever, like they'll still end up getting those relatives. So that's a cool thing that's probably never happened in art history. Yeah, it's very true because I've had this conversation where you talk about Picasso, um, Renoir, like on the other side of life, them jumping for joy almost at things that they missed out on to see artists of, of our generation getting uh, the royalty payments no matter what and, and still obviously being able to feed themselves. It must be kind of on that spiritual side of life, just such a revolution to them about at least the human race has done something good. Yeah, like imagine, you know, people like uh, Damien Hirst or, um, or Gary Vee, like their generations will live off of their secondary cells for, for generations to come. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually, with, with Gary as well, because there's a percentage, uh, I forget what it was, but I had it as a pin tweet. I'm a big fan of Gary, and I had it as a pin tweet for a long time because on his royalties, there's a percentage that's going, obviously, in perpetuity to five different charities. So people were looking like, oh, you know, he's going to get this, whatever it is, 10%. But actually, it was something like, I think it was like 4% or 5% is going to these, these charities in perpetuity. So every time a friend sells, a bit more goes to those charities, which is that's amazing. Because then, as long as V Friends is around, those charities will be around. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But say, not always people realise they kind of see these projects, and um, it was the same with the world of women. Or the world of women that people look at profile picture projects, but when you dig underneath the surface and you see the level of donations to charity that they um, say they're going to do. And then do, and you see the receipts as well. Um, it's it's quite mind blowing. It's, it's it's addicting because um, I I've I've donated a, a you know, generous portion of my sales to uh, to Afghanistan to the to the to the females and kids because um, I never knew this until this Afghanistan um, when the Taliban thing happened. I want to talk about politics, but for me, it was more like as an artist point of view. Wow, like they can't be an artist anymore. And that's where it sucked for me. So I felt like I had to do something. And then from there, I donated um, like things like sixty four hundred bucks or something. And then, and then one of my collectors saw that. So then he actually resold on the secondary one of my paintings. And then he took his whole profit and donated that. So it's kind of like addicting in the NFT community where we all want to help each other. And when we see good, it's addicting. We all want to do even better. And that's that's you know beautiful thing about our community yeah especially because you sometimes see people do stuff and sometimes you you see them do stuff and 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 they don't toot their own horn and you see it going on in the background and there's certainly gary's one of those people where sometimes people make very big assumptions about who he is or where he's come from that he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and that wasn't the case at all so um it's always nice when you do know people's backgrounds that you can be there to fight their corner but in a nice way it's like well no you know that wasn't wasn't the case you know people living in a a one-bedroom room when you come from another country as an immigrant um you know everyone's got different battles and struggles 
hundred percent. Uh, everyone, and I feel like the more struggles you go through, the more um, that journey is more rewarding when you hit that that success. Like I, you know, I'm sure. You, everyone in here have seen those tweets where they sold an NFT and it changed your life. Like seeing those tweets, um, you know, I, I see people be negative towards just seeing, you know, your, your paper handed or whatever. It's like, no, um, everyone's in a different situation. We don't know what they're in. And if it changed your life, then why, why not say congratulations? Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's the thing is exactly that. Nobody knows what that person's circumstances. None of us have the right to, to judge any single person's decision, whatever they've made. Right. Well, we appreciate your time. Any more questions from you, Chris, you, you, while you have the opportunity? Yeah, just quickly, um wanted to ask whether the um, 20% uh, licensing setup that you've got, is it, would that be commonplace among artists in the space um that you know of or, or is that purely your own you know your own doing and your own decision um so it's actually a decision made by my attorney so my attorney is um believe it or not I actually before i sell any of my paintings um they vet it for me and make sure i don't i'm not infringing any copyright laws or whatnot and they make sure that i'm okay so if i was to ever get sued um, they have my back. So for me, it was a safe number where um, I, I originally did want to pay the royalties. So if there was a secondary sale, I can, um, you know, pay them again. But that was something that wasn't that we weren't able to do because the the biggest problem is, um, and it's already happened to me, um, where I painted, you know, someone's um, apes. And then by the time I was ready to sell it, it got vetted by the attorneys. Um, they no longer own that ape. So it was this weird situation now where do I pay the current owner or do I pay the previous owner that I made a deal with? So it couldn't go to the new owner because he didn't know about the deal. And I can't pay the old owner because he doesn't own it anymore. So what I did with that money was I just donated to charity. So that's what I'm yeah. going to do. Um, and the royalty part, taking that out makes it fair so for me it's just it's a one-time licensing deal so if i use your ape again so i plan on using um one of my collectors 1k he owns a ton of apes so if i want to paint something cool i go to his wall sometimes so for me if i'm using his ape a second time a different ape so he will get paid on that deal so every time i use your ape i will pay you yeah it just seemed really generous on your part and um I would have guessed if I didn't know beforehand that it would have been done on a an eight by eight, you know, deal by deal basis and and negotiation. But yeah, that sounds yeah, fun. like because people always really ask, cool. yeah, people always ask me like why I don't have like why it's hard that my collectors don't offer like you know take offers on in the paintings, and I just tell them, well, they bought one already. They usually buy one or two, but then. When I sell it, when they sell out of that painting, they made their initial investment and they're already in profit, so they kind of don't need to sell and they just keep it more like as a huddle for their kids or whatnot. So it's been working out for me in that sense. So I like it. It's 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 unique. Um, I want to be different. I actually want other artists to follow my way because 
it helps the community grow. But more importantly, um, it's like, maybe I, I could be overstepping here, but I feel like if you're an artist and you're just using other people's stuff for free and they own it um, and you're reaping all the rewards, I don't think that's really a cool thing to do. So for me, it was just the right thing to do just to give the owners, you know, what, what they're, what, what is worth period. That's it. I think it's even more kudos because a lot of people, even though they own a lot of these NFTs won't necessarily understand that. So, um, yeah, kudos, man. Props to you. Yeah. I just want, I just wish other artists, I know it's hard for them to do this, but, um, I think they should do this because it'll help them grow. It'll, it'll, be, it'll, it'll make them look less selfish. If that's the right word can't really find the right word for it but yeah i just see a lot of artists taking advantage of of owners or like i'm sure you've seen those tweets where someone says hey um you know apes blah 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 and you see all these apes just commenting please use mine please use mine please use mine i just want to tell each ape owner hey you know you can get paid for this like you should be getting paid for this so you own the ip i people hopefully um will learn that IP is king. At least in Hollywood, it is the king. So cherish it. It's valuable. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you what you come up with potentially for Halloween and mutants. Um, I'm actually so I usually work on two paintings at a time. So right now I'm working on uh, a SEC painting with a cool cat and an ape. And another painting that I'm working on is actually a Veterans Day painting that will be in November. So that painting, I'm actually going to be donating all the proceeds to various uh, PTSD veteran funds, stuff like that. Fantastic. So you're going to be very busy for the next, next while. Yep, and going to be busy for that exhibit. So I, I really, you know, I really want to break down that barrier. We really appreciate you coming and talking to us. It's nice to uh, obviously hear the voice behind you. Oh, thanks for having me. This is fun, and um, hopefully I wasn't too boring. I'm a pretty shy person. <laughs> Not at all. It's, to say it's, it's nice to hear somebody like obviously your world is kind of, obviously as you can tell, I'm from, from Britain. Chris is in Britain, so it's like 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. his time. That's his dedication. So for us, it's like... We don't really kind of know anything about particularly what goes on in Hollywood regarding artists. So again, it's it's interesting for us, and hopefully it'll be interesting for everybody else that listens in on Spotify afterwards. Cool, awesome, and thanks for staying up so late. No, don't mention this. <laughs> at four a.m. average bedtime anyway, so it's nothing. <laughs> As really cool. you I like. could chat to artists. Yeah, I could chat to artists all day. Like I said, that that fresh camel meets is honestly it's unreal. Uh, it's one of my goals is to aim one of those uh, to own one of those. It's just, um, it's so, so cool. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for coming. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, we will see you next Monday. And next Monday, we will be interviewing Board Becky. Um, those of you that know Board Becky will know that she uh, took over Fame Lady Squad. So I think that that's going to be a, a, another interesting story. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Okay, have a good night, everybody. Okay,